0: I don't know about you, but that that intro just makes me wanna move. Feels really good. Great. So glad to have you. My name is Drew. I'm one of the pastors around here. Uh, Just have the awesome privilege to be able to teach this week because Rick and Shauna are actually gone on a grand adventure. So you can be thinking of them They're on a pretty cool adventure, so praying for them if you want, but I mean, they're having fun. So, super glad to be here. We're kicking off a series in the book of Psalms. So the Psalms is this giant collection in the middle of the Bible about these songs and these poems and these hymns and these things of people crying out to God. It's this beautiful collection of things, but the irony is that you're having me start this, who personally, I can't clap and sing at the same time, and lyrics like come in and I'm like cool and I like listen to those songs and I sing them and I can't tell you a word that I just sing after the fact because lyrics go in and they go out. I tried to learn guitar when I was in those but I don't know. Ultimately, I do know music and me we're not always the same and we're not always, I don't always capture the things that music has, but it actually has brought forth a really cool thing for me that I have to be really intentional with songs and things that are outside of my analytic mind that just wants things to be in order and be straightforward. And so ultimately it causes a need to be focused. And the biggest thing for me with Psalms is Jesus thought they were important too. Uh, Jesus is quoted, is quoting psalms at points, and then his early followers are encouraging each other to find creative ways to allow psalms and hymns and songs of the spirit to be ways to build each other up. So I can't leave this and be like, ah, just not really my thing. And ultimately though, psalms are a gift, and we're gonna walk through some beautiful things that psalms get to be a gift for us for moving forward, but they give us a language, ultimately. A language that we need in order to be honest and authentic with God. That without a psalm and what it describes and the ways that it's crying out to God, that without that language, I don't know if I would have the permission or the words or the way to be able to capture everything that's going on inside of me. Is that fair for you? That ultimately there's things in music that bring forth something of me that just talks. That any relationship we have, the less honest and less authentic we are with that relationship, the less that thing matters to us. And the less we're actually living into our real self. And our relationships with one another are just shadows to our relationship with God. That truly, ultimately, when we can't be honest and authentic with God, we're hiding, we're trying to hide. We're not actually allowing the connection that God has for us, the communion and union that he has with us to be real. Another gift of Psalms that I hope that we can engage as we gather together throughout this summer and even today is that ultimately, it is the Psalms that allow us to know that God is not afraid of any emotion or experience that we have. That anything that we are going through at times who would understand that and ultimately though we look through this book of psalms and it's just this like authentic real expression of what's going on and it's this unfiltered reality of how we relate to God and it doesn't clean up the mess before us right but truly some of these psalms I like I'm like oh my gosh is he allowed to say that Like David is pretty direct, pretty full of emotions. A lot of the Psalms in this collection are written by David. And so he's just this king in the Old Testament. co-creator with you, and ultimately, you made my emotions. And you want me to be as real and raw with you as I am with anyone else and myself. That truly, I don't know if you've known this experience, but when you break the walls that we put between one another and you're vulnerable with another person, it's so scary, but when you are received in that place of love and just welcome in that vulnerable place, Like, just the weight is off. It's sticking your heart out and allowing it, is this gonna get stabbed or hurt or cared for well? But ultimately, the less we put our hearts out, the more hardened and the things that we just build walls and we have barriers between one another, barriers between ourselves, and ultimately barriers between who God is and what he wants for us. Today, we're gonna be walking through a Psalm, Psalm 77. Um, I believe that this psalm meets us in the last year and, year and a year, to, year and a half to two years that we've experienced. COVID was difficult. It had so many parts that stole things from us, caused turmoil, caused this disruption to the normalcy of our lives and caused us to have to ask questions that maybe we never asked before. Or before COVID, you've just lived life and these questions have happened to you. So if you have a Bible, there's Bibles in front of you or next to you, opening to Psalm 77, it's on page 406 I'm this little guy right here that is around you. And as I read Psalm 77, I ask that you read along with me, but allow, I'm gonna go medium speed, okay? So like not fast, not slow, but medium speed. And allow the words, be sensitive to where you have a question that meets this question, be sensitive to what you have experienced, are experiencing, and where Jesus wants to meet you this morning. And also where you've noticed it in your friends and the people around you. Because everything that we do in following Jesus isn't just about me. It's about love extended to others. So Psalm 77. For the director of music, for Jeduthun of Asaph, a psalm. I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. I was too troubled to speak. I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated and my spirit asked, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. With your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. The waters saw you, God. The waters saw you and writhed, and the very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. The sea your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. This is the word of the Lord. I have a few questions for you after reading that Psalm. It's kind of like here Psalm, you know, like where is David's like, Whoa, and this one's like here maybe, but I think there's a lot of beauty in this question for you to just think through have you ever cried out to God in a time of distress and felt nothing in return verse one have you felt like in that distress God was nowhere to be found in your life or heart you felt alone verse two have you been through a season God came to mind and you actually groaned it wasn't like a great thing that God came to your mind verse three Have you asked the questions of verse seven, will you reject forever? Or verse eight, has your love vanished? Verse nine, God, have you forgotten? Are you angry at me? Or verse 10, had to think of a season in the past when God was faithful so that you can live into the present that doesn't feel him right now. Trusting God as a shepherd to lead you even when you don't fully know where he is leading you to. Verse 20. Ultimately, if you resonate with any of that, the beauty of this psalm is to tell you you're not alone. I think that our thoughts and our things that we think through, that they can deceive us and cause us to grow inward and hardened and to be afraid of these things. But what we see in this psalm is an invitation to allow it to be a part of our lives, that it's not actually something that God is afraid of at all, that he invites that honesty, invites that presence, invites this openness to the season, doesn't put it under the rug, but actually exposes it. As Jesus says that he comes to bring the light that people are trying to, to meet you, and yet, ultimately, that phone call didn't make anything go away, but it brought this a sense of comfort, but when you read this, you don't see a lot of comfort happening initially, right? There's a lot of tension and a lot of things that's trying to grasp out, trying to make that call, and it's not being met. But then there's this point where he's having to return, return to the things that he knows, the things that he has noticed in and through his life. Have you ever heard the sentiment, absence makes the heart grow fonder? Yes, maybe so. It's a common one for 14-year-olds who are on summer break from their girlfriend, you know, like, so can't, you can't see him at school anymore. The heart just is like, oh, but I love her. And now we got all the tech, so it's like, oh, I'll just FaceTime her in order to do this. And so it's actually you're not absent and your heart doesn't grow fonder. That's just a side note. All that to say... Um, That phrase is thrown around and it's this idea to capture this moment of absence of presence or proximity that's trying to But also, I think that there's a known experience to absence and the heart that actually it doesn't always grow fonder, since, hence the question mark, that truly it can lead to a bitterness or an indifference. That if we experience absence of someone around us or someone who matters to us or absence of God's presence, that our heart gets frustrated. And I think that Psalm 77 exposes this and shows that there's this like fine line for this, that we don't want our hearts to grow hardened in absence, but actually to be drawn in and allow us to be met in the tension of life, but also captures for us an invitation to what we get to do to allow our hearts in absence to have a response with God. There's a an author uh, if you know his name is C.S. Lewis. He's a few decades ago, and he wrote this book called Screw Tape Letters. Um, Screw Tape Letters is this kind of different, it's a very, it's its own genre, it is a head demon talking to his minion demon and he's writing these letters about the enemy, which is God, and so it's this fictional story, but it captures these misunderstandings that we have in our relationship to God and puts a spin on them to capture for us maybe what God is doing in and through our life is actually for the better when we don't understand it or we don't like it. And so there's this excerpt that I'm going to read here. And so, as we read, the he is God, and ultimately, he's conscious experience. Although it supports incentives, he leaves the creature to stand up on its own legs, to carry out from the will alone duties which have lost all relish. He's English, so like we'll say enjoyment. It is during such trough periods, low points, much more than during the peak periods, that it is growing into the sort of creature he wants it to be. The prayers offered in the state of dryness are those which please him best. We can't tempt to virtue as we do to vice. He wants them to learn to walk he must therefore take away his hand. And if only the will to walk is really there, he is pleased even with their stumbles. Do not be deceived, Wormwood. Our cause is never more in danger than when a human no longer desiring but still intending to do our enemy's will looks around upon a universe which every trace of him seems to have vanished and asks why he has been forsaken and still obeys. There's a lot in that that I think has this imagery that captures the moment that Psalm 77 talks through. That it's actually putting the spin to, this is a God who loves us when we stumble. He's a loving Father that meets us and sees us and wants us to be drawn to him. I have a two-year-old daughter, she's amazing, she's my life, like if you ask a few about my day or my week, I don't care what I say, it's about Sawyer, she's amazing. All that to say, I got to watch her learn to walk, and that is a gift. If you've ever watched a child learn this process or been a parent or whatever, ultimately, you know the image that literally there is a child who you can hold the hand with as long as you want because it's just the most precious thing ever and you don't wanna let go and you don't want them to say, hey, I can do it myself because it's just the best. But ultimately, you have to at some point let go of their hand to let them walk themselves, right? And usually, the image is here's dad and mom's over there and it's like, which one? you're gonna go to, ultimately though, but it's like the kid is going to come to you. There's an absence of my presence with my daughter in order for her to walk to me, right? That like without me being there, it was to draw maturity for her, for her to have growth and development and have to be absent at points to be away from her, to let her fall, to let her grow, to let her learn. If I was a parent who was just hovering and holding my daughter the whole time, she would not have the strength in her legs to be able to do the things that she does by herself. That's not loving. It's a a distorted attempt at love. It's smothering. The loving thing is to say, come here and then embrace, right? Sorry, I get lost on that one because it's just like so deep to my soul because of who she is, but also the image that I capture with this story of with God that ultimately at times we need him even, if we're experiencing troubles with God, he's still present, and that he is with us even if we don't feel it. The truth of this season is it's hard, and it draws up questions about him and about the worth of following him, but ultimately to know that God is a God who promises to be faithful even when we're faithless, and I think that faithless part can get twisted. I think it's sometimes when I'm lacking faith, when I have less faith, or when I'm really like faithless, but he is faithful in the midst. Some Psalms, including this Psalm, remind us that when we are in times of need, that at times we are in need to lean on our past in order to sustain us in our present and hold on to the hope for the future. Like, do you notice in in Psalm 77 that there is this like drawing in this present moment that is just like, I don't know how to do this. And then there's a shift that happens that it's like, wait, no, this is who you said you were. And then the questions towards that, but then an even deeper remembrance of who God is that says, no, this is who you say you are. This is who you have been to me. This is who you have been to us. This is who I know you to be, even if I don't feel it right now. And that ultimately when we enter seasons with this that we need to learn to not just give up, It's really hard. We live in a cultural moment that is all about the pleasure principle. If it feels good, then you do it. If it doesn't feel good, don't do it. And so with walking and journeying with God, if it doesn't feel good, like it's not going great, God, it's so easy to just leave that behind or not want anything to do with that or be like, I don't know, what's the point? But this invitation is to say, no, there's a better way. There's a way that actually says, I'm going to go in deeper with this. Your absence from me is to draw me to you, not away from you. That literally you're beckoning me to come and stumble and try through these things and mess it all up, and that's okay. Psalm 7. And follow me it's invitation so it's like take it or leave it but it's there so an invitation for you this week read a psalm or two or ten whatever you have capacity or desire to do psalms are in the middle of the bible read a psalm or two or ten sit with it and soak in it allow the spirit to connect it to your current moment experience and emotion and allow its language to give you the language you need to talk with God Is that fair? So I I invite you this week to find that time, to find that moment, to allow one psalm. And if you read a psalm and you're like, I have no idea what I just read, read another one, just try. Ultimately though, there is an invitation in this that that language can become your language. And it is an invitation to say, if someone was able to say that to God, then I can say that too, and then I promise like God will meet you in some really beautiful ways. That's a strong promise. I believe that he will meet you in some beautiful ways. He that's the way I know him. So I'm going to pray and authentic relationship of who you are to us for us to be to you. Thanks for this morning, thanks for what you're doing in and through our lives. Allow Psalms to meet us, teach us, and transform us so that we may know you and follow you in beautiful ways today, tomorrow, and the next. Amen.